On episode number 24 of the To Be Encouraged podcast, Bishop Julius C. Trumbull welcomes the Episcopal leader of Michigan, Bishop David Bard, to discuss the complex issues facing the United Methodist Church. I think you can combine a, an appreciation of complexity with, with a, a strong sense of moral clarity. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Indiana Area Bishop Julius C. Trimble. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Here on episode number 24 of the podcast, we welcome the Bishop of the Michigan area of the United Methodist Church, Bishop David Bard. We're going to be discussing some of the complexities which are facing the United Methodist Church, and we also will hear the faith story of Bishop Bard, which is a fascinating story and includes his involvement with, uh, deep involvement with Christian ethics, which has to do with his understanding of the complex nature of the issues facing the United Methodist Church. And he introduces us to the, uh, to the term complexifying, which has to do with a response to or an antidote towards binary or polarized, polarized uh, thinking. And he's going to help us work through some things and discuss the nature of grace and hope in the United Methodist Church. It's a fascinating conversation, and when we come out the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about the impact of this moving forward. This is episode one, or first first part of a two-part episode of this uh, interview. You can tune in to part two next week on episode 25 of the To Be Encouraged podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about the local church, the impact on the local church of the complexities going on in our denomination. All right now, let's get into the conversation with Indiana Area Bishop Julius C. Trimble, with Bishop David Bard from Michigan, and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into that conversation right now. This is the podcast where we seek to help to give an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. And our special guest today is the Episcopal leader of the Michigan area of the United Methodist Church. His name is Bishop David Bard. He has been the Episcopal leader in Michigan since 2016. And Bishop Tribble, can you help me welcome Bishop Bard to our podcast today? Welcome, my friend and colleague, Bishop David Bard. And we're glad to have you, especially 
you give us an opportunity to hear some of your insights about the challenges and opportunities and things we can give thanks for as it relates to the United Methodist Church. Well, thank you for having me, Bishop Trimble. It's always a pleasure to uh, have conversation with you. It is great to have you with us, uh, Bishop Bard. And part of what we love to do here on the To Be Encouraged podcast is learn a little bit about the stories of faith of some of our uh, uh, of our clergy and our lay leaders and especially our Episcopal leaders. Can you just, just give us kind of a snapshot of how you came to faith in the first place and the, the track that led you eventually to what you, uh, you do now in the Episcopal? Sure, I'll try to give you the short and sweet story. Um, I, I grew up in a pretty marginally churched family. My, my dad was raised Roman Catholic and was essentially unchurched. Um, my mom would take us to church um, on occasion. We, we would not have been considered the most active family in the church, but, uh, but my mom was uh, thought it important to get my brother, sister, and I uh, to church. Um, she didn't drive, and so we walked to the nearest uh, Protestant church. And um, we moved once when I was a child, about a mile and a half, and I was baptized in a Presbyterian church and then uh, went to United Methodist Church. And it was while I was at that church in an eighth grade Sunday school class that I had a Sunday school teacher who talked about God's love for me in Jesus Christ in a way that was very compelling. God used her in that ministry um, to, to bring me to faith. Um, and it was in August of uh, 1973 that I said, uh, said yes to Jesus Christ, uh, making him my, my Lord and Savior. The route from there to where I am now is a, a, little, bit, a little bit windy. Um, I was very intensely involved both in my local church and in a parachurch organization. The parachurch organization was kind of an offshoot of the Jesus movement of the early, early 1970s. Um, and then as I was in college, I had a few years where I was less actively involved in the church. And as I was finishing college, I, I recognized that I had uh, some significant faith questions that I wanted to continue to wrestle with and uh, went to seminary. When I went to seminary, I was not necessarily intending to be a clergy person, but, but really wanting to pursue my own faith journey. And it was while I was in seminary that I felt that, that call from God into, into ordained ministry. I think for me, part of it was a sense that um, there were other people out there who had wrestled with some of the same questions I had wrestled with, and um, that perhaps I could serve serve Jesus and the church in being someone who took seriously people's questions and struggles and wrestled together to find out how God uh, God's love would uh, impact lives and impact the, the world around us. So I said said yes again in a way. Uh, to be a clergy person, and uh, I went right from college to seminary to my first appointment. Then after my first appointment, I went back to school, got a PhD in Christian ethics from Southern Methodist University, and returned to pastoral ministry in Minnesota, was a district superintendent, a pastor, and then was elected a bishop in 2016. <laughs> you got a whole lot in there, and just a few oh, well, thanks, my uh, my friend. And uh, but what a fascinating story! And uh, I love to look. Well, I love to hear faith stories, don't you, Bishop Treble? Absolutely. The stories of people coming to faith, and absolutely. Uh, and you know, we certainly need people who are steeped in their faith. And also, I love a part of what your story is, which I love to hear, is you as you really have this background in ethics. Mm -hmm. 
and in uh, in academia in a sense yeah. and, and getting a PhD, not just to uh, you know get, get going deep yeah. in that area. And that was important to me. That that too is a part of my faith development. And that is a, a part of I think is somewhat lacking a little bit in some of our conversations have been oversimplified in the church and in the world. And I'd like to get in that a little bit here today. But Bishop Trimble, I know you had some things that you really wanted to, on your heart, that you wanted to talk to Bishop Bart about today, about uh, what's going on in the church and, and then in the, in the world. Yeah, I'd like to hear. Uh, thank you, Bishop Bart, for your, for your call story and, and for really a testimony about the witness of the church and how the church witnessed to you, uh, 1973 and, well, yeah. and, and Christ, Christ, Christ began you on this journey. I just wrote a recent article, and, and like a lot of other bishops, uh, for our for our conference website on being United Methodist while refuting misinformation. Maybe you don't have this problem in Michigan, but you know we have we have some some of the streams of information some of our churches are getting. You know, is raising all kinds of questions, and we just came out of an annual conference in June where our where our theme was love God, love neighbor from from the gospel teaching of Jesus around mm-hmm. the greatest commandment. And, but we still have to refute information that, you know, as United Methodists, we are, we are Trinitarian. We believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, uh, we have not advocated our commitment to, to the doctrine and, 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 you know, we ascribe to the Apostles' Creed and, and these things. I wonder how you're navigating this whole uh, notion of, what constitutes true information about who we are as United Methodists? I think something you know we're probably going to be hearing more about in in coming days, if even this week, uh, is is our role as is our, our teaching role as bishops. Yes. And you obviously uh, have spent some considerable time and investment in 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 the teaching role uh, as as an as a as a PhD, but also as a bishop. Can you say something about that, you know, our both the teaching role and responsibility and, and how do we deal with misinformation sure. about who we are as a church? Sure. I've tried to take the tack and hope I've been successful in, in doing so um, in, in trying to respond to misinformation, whatever the spirit in which it may have been offered. And, and sometimes it's just people are just mistaken about things. Sometimes there's uh, a more, some uh, perhaps an agenda behind the misinformation. Um, but I've I've really wanted to try to respond as carefully and kindly with with factual information. Um, that's meant at times I've I've not responded publicly at all to some of the things that have come out. But I think um, next month I'm looking I'm thinking about doing a blog because of some things that have have come my way in just the past couple of weeks to say, here's what, here's what's out there. And, and here's what I want you to know about that. Um, and so I think f- to the extent that we can offer clear, concise, factual information that, you know, is, is accurate, is, is helpful. I really don't want to try to get into a back and forth, um, argumentative kind of conversation. I, I, I'm hoping to avoid that to the extent that we can. But, but we do, at the same time, we do have a role in, in teaching and, and offering the best information we can. And simply to let stuff slide by that that's 
inaccurate isn't isn't helpful to anyone. No, no, no. Your 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 uh, your counsel always you're pretty consistent about taking the high ground. Mm-hmm. You must really believe in this grace thing. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 so I really do. I, I have to I, follow I really, your really leadership. Do. And, and I, you know, we're at a tough time yeah. in the church and, you know, separation is happening. And it's, and, you know, I can't say that it's not happening or it won't happen. Um, but to the extent that we can do this with as much grace and kindness as possible um, only enhances uh, our witness as, as Methodists, whether it's the United Methodist Church or the global Methodist church. And if this gets really ugly, um, no one is going to benefit from that. Uh, It gives people who are on the margins of the church or unchurched every reason to say, why should we be interested in that group? They're as mean and nasty as everyone else, and um, there's, there's not a lot of grace to be found there. Mm-hmm. Bishop Trebo, your, your your statement kind of implies that there has been the experience of lack of grace among in the church and among our society, and I think uh, uh, that is hurtful and painful, and we've experienced it in in, in the church. And return to grace and return to hope is important here. I was really interested in your some of your comments in your article about this. These are complex issues, and that is it possible that we can be intelligent people and have understand both sides of an of an issue, and still somehow move forward. I, and you you speak of the term complexifying. Yes. In your article, I just wonder if you could just speak to that in terms of what Bishop Trimble has brought up about grace and sometimes our experience of lack of grace about how we can sure sure. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting sometimes how things come together. Um, in a serendipitous way, um, I came across the, the Martin Luther King Jr. quote um, a few months ago about uh, the moral moral responsibility to be intelligent. Mm. And then more recently, I was reading um, an essay about conflict, and the person said, you know, one of the things that can help when... Um, help us navigate conflict better is when we begin to acknowledge the complexities of issues. Um, Things like the aggregate unfunded pension obligation, it's just complicated. We've made promises to clergy about providing uh, a pension for them. And those promises to be fulfilled require certain, you know, have certain financial requirements to them. And to simply say that we can ignore what those are isn't helpful. It doesn't acknowledge the, the complexity of, of the issues involved. Um, to, even an idea like uh, love your neighbor is can be complicated. Um, what, what does it mean yes. to, to, to love someone who's maybe engaging in patterns of behavior that are hurtful to them? Sometimes it means intervening in in a fairly direct way. Um, love is love is gentle, but gentleness needs also, also to be strong. So to be able to, to kind of grab hold of all of those multiple dimensions of human existence and 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 to be able to kind of get some sense of the mystery of God and how God's grace in Jesus Christ works in people's lives in in the complexities of the world. Um, is, is, is important. And I think, I think you can combine a, an appreciation of complexity 
with with a, a strong sense of moral clarity. Um, the Council of Bishops met this morning, and we talked about um, race and colonialism. And if people were listening to the conversation about colonialism, it's complex. I mean, the guy started out by saying there's really no one de- easy definition of colonialism. I mean, it's a complicated historical matter, but that doesn't mean we don't even listening to all the complexities of that can't be in that conversation with being very clear that the moral imperative here is to try to undo the harm that's been done um, by our history. I often say, often say, Brad and, and Bishop Bart, uh, just because it's hard doesn't mean that we're not called to the work. That's right. So, you know, just dismantling racism, it's a lot more complex And I remember thanking Bishop Reuben Joe for the three simple rules. But I said, you know, it's a lot easier to speak it and say it than actually to live it. Uh, uh, The book was a lot easier to read than really to live live out (laughs) the three simple rules. Well, you know, do no no harm, you know. Yeah. If you have a a child and you discipline them for some some reason, um, they might think that that's harmful in in the moment. but what you're trying to do is prevent a greater harm. Sometimes I think the simple, the simple can lead almost directly to questioning of it. Sure. I go, I go, sometimes I go right to my four-year-old granddaughter whose first words out of her mouth often are why or what's this. Yeah. So, um, and so Bishop Treble and Bishop Barr both, what do you think are the why and the what for and the, the what ifs of this situation we have of people really uh, going binary, get, getting in their silos and this type of thing. And and we we have this dilemma that we have in the church. How do we move forward in faith and love each other, but still uh, have some standards uh, moving forward? I don't know. Bishop Treble, maybe you can speak to that for just a second. Well, this past uh, Thursday, uh, I had a chance to meet, to, to, to preach or give a presentation, preach and give a presentation to uh, I guess it was about 40 people gathered and I'm multiplying those who were focusing on, on multiplication, starting new, starting fresh expressions and new ministries. And my focus was on the supremacy of Christ. And I said, you probably were anticipating me coming and say something about disaffiliation, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. And that's not our main wisdom. That's not our raison d'etre. That's not our reason for being. I said, we have a mission to make disciples and for disciples to help grow disciples. But I think we ought to start with the supremacy of of Christ. You know, our focus on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and and invest as much in honesty as we have tried to invest in unity. And and what I find is people resonate with uh, an opportunity for us to focus on, well, what is our mission? And who is our Lord and Savior, and can what can we celebrate, as opposed to what what's what can we debate? What can we celebrate as opposed mm-hmm. to what can we debate? I just worship at a church yesterday, a Trinity in Lafayette, and you could tell that the church was really glad to celebrate some of the things they were engaged in in the ministry of that community, and they weren't really thinking about. <laughs> Some of the things that we we spend a lot of time investing in, uh, uh, many of our local churches are, are not. That's not even necessarily at the top of their priority list. Bishop, do you have any response to that, or how are we talking to each other, or are we talking to each other? Are we having ways to have 
healthy interchange or healthy conflict or anything along this line? What are we doing? In yeah, these you know, I think I think part of it is, you know, just being willing to be there and stand with other people in that in that conversation, and um, th- you know that takes some some courage. It takes some ability to um, hear things that may be be difficult. Um, it, I mean, it's just it, you know part of the complexity at this time is it's it is really hard. I mean, it's hard to think about the church separating. And um, and it's hard to admit that it's probably it seems to be what's needed at this time. We've just gotten to a place mm-hmm. where we're not going to find a, a, a way to stay stay together. So how can we separate in in a way that enhances ministry for Jesus Christ? And I and I agree with Bishop Trimble that you know part of our job as bishops is to continue to celebrate how it is. God's grace works even in the midst of this, the brokenness, even in the midst of, you know, very human institutions, uh, very, very human people. We really want to thank Bishop David Bard from Michigan for being Bishop Trimble's guest on today's episode of the To Be Encouraged podcast, episode number 24, as he really helped us to appreciate the complexity of some of the issues facing the United Methodist Church and in such a time as this and and help us to wrestle with these matters with respect and with earnestness and with a sense of grace and hope. You know, I'm one of those people who have been influenced by Bishop Reuben Job's book, Three Simple Rules, you know, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. And I really think that's a very good way to live as a Christian. But as we live in Christians in community with one another, something we call the church, we have this annoying fact that in community, we don't always see matters in the same light. And that makes the church complicated. And we're certainly uh, dealing with complications in our church in this time. Isn't it uh, in our Methodist DNA of the nature of the church to navigate church life with several complicated deep concepts at the same time. I'm talking about the quadrilateral, you know, scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Think about any, any of those things are quite complex, really. So I want to thank Bishop David Bard and Bishop Tremble for helping us to deal with these things in such a time as this. And this was part one of a two-part series Bishop Bard, with Bishop Bard. And I want to encourage you to uh, download episode number 25, which is the second part of this series. And we'll go even deeper into the human nature of the church, a rediscovery of grace and hope. And we'll talk about many of the scriptures revolving around this. And we're even going to talk a little bit about mud. That's right, mud. That's all on part two of our interview on the To Be Encouraged podcast. You can find it at tobeencouraged.com zero slash zero twenty-five. Or you can always go to our show notes at tobeencouraged.com. That's also where you can find a full transcript of the interview of, of both episodes. So until next time, good people, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller for Bishop Julius C. Tremble, reminding you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated.
for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen, to be encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. And never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.